G'day, welcome to Stat Stuffers. As always, I'm your host, Ramiz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dylan. And this week, I'm not here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the roles are reversed. <laughs> um, but also, I'm kind of not here because I'm in my room instead of yes, your Yes, and we're still recording my face because it's <laughs> all recorded via my stuff. So, I guess, neither of us are here? Neither of us are here, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm in <laughs> my room. Time. It, at home, you can see my Yao Ming figurine behind me somewhere. Uh, people on the recording Very can cool. see that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we are back for another weekly recap. I think actually going to be our last weekly recap for the season because we've got different sorts of things coming up over the next couple of weeks. A full season recap, um, a playoff preview, and a new study coming out all next next two weeks at the very least. Um, and then we'll bring you our playoff content. So I think this is our last normal weekly recap. So let's make it count. Let's do it. All right, let's jump into it with our news roundup, and we have a lot to get to. So the first and probably the biggest piece of news here is uh, the G League is getting a new team in Mexico City. Um, I think this is really interesting. You know, we're actually expanding the G League to different countries now. Yeah, this is very interesting. This will be... a I don't know. I like how experimental they get with the G League. And obviously, this isn't the first foreign NBA team, but it is the first foreign team south of the border. Uh, yeah. Which is pretty cool to see. Um, I feel like it might be the place where a lot of, you know, international guys, you know, Central and Southern American guys get their sort of shine and get some sort of, hopefully, some reps in the actual NBA through this G League team. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's been talks about expanding the NBA for quite a while. Obviously, Mexico City has been somewhere that people have mentioned, and the fact that they're getting a G League team now indicates that this is that's slightly more of a possibility, especially if they're able to actually maintain a G League franchise and like keep it, you know, keep a G League franchise profitable. That might be an indication that hey, we could have an NBA franchise here because that's the that's yeah. the place to be yeah. outside of the US, essentially, unless you really want another Vancouver team. Yeah, which I don't think is in high demand. Um, no. But yeah, a Mexico team would be pretty awesome to see. Um, like a full-fledged NBA Mexico team. Um, still feel like we need to get Seattle first. But I mean, in terms of yeah, expanding outside of the, the US, Mexico is definitely the way to go. And um, yeah, this, is, this will be a good test run for the league to see what sort of, what sort of popularity do they get. Um, yeah, my geography is pretty bad. But would that be an Eastern Conference team or a Western Conference team, do you think? I mean, apparently the NBA's geography is pretty bad because. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so Sorry, it, for, I, for anyone who was just wondering, I was looking behind me. I have a globe on my bedside table, <laughs> and I'm trying to see if I can see the US from here. But no, I've got Australia pointing to me. Oh, good. You know what that looks like. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't know. It depends. I guess it depends what other what other team starts up with them. I'm assuming they go yeah. two at a time, right? Um, if it's Seattle, so. then I guess Mexico would be an East team. Mm. But um, yeah, it doesn't matter. I just think that's kind of an interesting question. Like, yeah, <laughs> what conference is this in? Like, uh, Toronto being an Eastern Conference team makes a lot of sense because it's on the East Coast. I don't know where Mexico is. It's like Central, isn't it? Mexico City. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's yeah inland. So yeah, I think it's pretty much right down the middle. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm quickly Googling it. Um, yeah, it's pretty much 
smack bang. Oh, I guess it's closer to the east coast of Mexico. Okay. But where is so that. the coast of Mexico in relation to uh, the, the coast east coast of-, of Mexico is the coastline of Texas. So, <laughs> Oh, okay. So it would be a Western Conference team then, surely. Technically, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was I thinking guess. Mexico was like slightly more east. Um, but yeah. No, it's pretty westerly of the US. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, could be very interesting to see. I'm excited to see kind of what happens here. Do we know how many G League teams there are? Uh, do you know, sorry? Uh, this will be 30, I think. This will be 30, yeah. okay. Sure. <laughs> if this becomes the Blazers affiliate team, that is very interesting. <laughs> I don't know if it's 30 or 31. It'd I be don't 31, know if, right? Because I don't know if the Ignite team t- uh, counts as one. I was thinking they would count as one, which would make it 31, right? Right, I think, I think so, yeah. I don't know. All right, uh, let's get on to our next bits of news here. So, Carmelo Anthony moves up to 10th all-time in scoring. And now you are very, very happy about this. I'm pretty happy about it myself, but do you want to talk about this? Yeah, this is just good news. Like, it's sort of weird to think about Melo being the top 10 all-time in scoring. But, you know, he's had it fairly tough over the last couple of years in the NBA um, with how the Knicks ended and then all those other sort of stops up leading up to Portland. But, you know, <clears throat> a fan favorite, uh, college national champion that, didn't sort of translate over to their winning as much. Uh, it's good to see him in these all-time ranks. I don't yeah. know. It's a feel-good story, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there are going to be people people who point out no MVP, no title or anything like that. Um, but that's, you know, not every guy can get that. There's only one MVP every year. Um, there's only one championship yeah. given out every year to one team. Some guys just aren't going to get it. Melo is probably one of the best guys up there without an MVP or a championship. For sure. And I mean, obviously, he's a bucket, like 10th all time. Probably going to get to 9th. Mm. Or, wait, could he? I think I think he needed like 13 a game for the rest of the season to get to 9th. Wait, this season? I think I did the, I think I did the math on this. Um, Maybe I, mean, I... I will trust your maths on this. I didn't think it was... I thought it was quite far away still, but here, let me have a look. Hang on. He is how far behind Moses Malone? He is... uh, Oh, actually, you know, you're right. He only has about 72 points to go. Um, Yeah, you're right. Um, If they have six games left, that's about 12 points a game. Oh, okay, if it's five games left, then yeah. That sounds like 14, 15 points a game, I think. Something along those lines. Which yeah. is so, pretty much his season average anyway. I think he gets it. Yeah, I mean, especially like <clears throat> they're still competing to stay out of the play in the Blazers. Mm. Um, and like, I feel like on the you know on the last game of the season or whatever, they just have a, a mellow game where they just feed in the rock and you know it goes for like forty or something. Yeah, like, I, I mean, and the, happening. the question also becomes: Do the play in stats count? I I don't think we have any official word on whether play in stats yeah. are. Regular season stats, postseason stats, or no stats at all, because um, the bubble stats last year didn't count. Uh, hence why Bol Bol right. was eligible for Rookie of the Year this year, um, because he only played <laughs> in the bubble. Um, so interesting to see whether those stats will count. But like, if they do end up in the play-in and they do have to play another two games, he's almost certainly going to get it if they count, of course. If they count, yeah, um, yeah. It was sort of weird that those stats last year just disappeared, mm. <laughs> like into the ether, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely in play. I feel like one one or two big performances he gets there um, over the last five games here. 
Um, yeah, just just awesome to see him up with such great names. Yeah. All right, and another guy who moved up in the all-time scoring list was Kevin Durant, moving to 26 all-time this season. Um, he's not going to get to 25 for a little while. He's about 600 points behind Allen Iverson in 25, so he will obviously hit it next season, assuming he can stay somewhat healthy. But yeah, it's just cool to see another guy that's kind of moving up the ranks. Because, like, that kind of 25 to, like, 15 sort of range, or even up to, like, 12 or 13, there's not a lot in it. It's a couple thousand points, which obviously is a lot for some guys. But when, you know, we're talking about Kevin Durant, he could legitimately finish top 15 next season. Which is, you know, also kind of crazy, but... Uh, not crazy because he's one of the best scorers of all time, um, and probably the best scorer of this generation. He's up there, you for know, sure. Like, I I would say so. Yeah. Post the post Kobe generation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the real thing is, like, he's also missed a fair bit of time throughout his career, and he's already at twenty sixth. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think he he lost a season to the foot fracture. He missed last year. Um, he's missed a decent chunk of this year. And he's still just moving up the ranks. Um, so, yeah, if he's healthy next year, we could see him skyrocket. Yeah. And just looking down the rest of the top 50, we're going to see James Harden probably climb up into the top 25 next season, assuming he stays healthy. Uh, we could see Russell Westbrook climb up to uh, maybe 30-odd. And we're also going to see Chris Paul hit 20,000 points pretty soon. In fact, he could hit it this season. Where would that? Where's twenty thousand points put you in? Forty seventh. He's behind Lamarcus Aldridge. Right. Um. So oh, twenty thousand points. You know, it's not like super high ranking, but it's still twenty thousand points. Yeah, a lot of buckets. Yeah. Um, and this is just regular season, isn't it? This isn't everything. Yes, just regular yeah. season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of lot of names moving up this list quite quite rapidly. It's cool to see. All right, uh, next piece of news here. We have a couple of uh, locker room issues, let's say. So, mm. Pacers, the Pacers had an interesting, an interesting after, <laughs> uh, yeah, an interesting evening, yeah. one day this week especially, uh, where, sorry, you want to take me through this? I'm blanking on the coach's name. I, uh, it's Greg Foster, isn't it? Greg Foster. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, Greg Foster and Goga... Pigazzi, I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, oh, I looked this up the other day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they got into a bit of a bit of an altercation while the game was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goga hits a late shot clock three. Apparently, his coach wasn't very happy with the shot. Uh, Goga tells him to sit the fuck down. <laughs> uh, I think this is the detail amazing. There, actually. So it started with Goga having a defensive breakdown, which is why. Greg got on oh. his back, and then when he hit the three, he told Greg Greg to sit down. <laughs> okay, that makes a bit more sense. Um, Does it? Though? Yeah, and then no, because Greg lost his mind <laughs> over one defensive breakdown. Like, let's chill here. And I mean, he got disrespected by his player as well. I would like, say deservedly get- so. I guess, but you know, <laughs> hitting a three doesn't make up for a defensive lap lapse. And, you know, he might not have been wrong about the defensive lapse, but then, you know, your player turning around telling you to sit down. Um, you know, I, I could I could see why he was a bit peeved, but yeah, come the timeout, um, as the 
uh, who were they playing? Was it the Bulls or something? Yes, question mark? Yeah, anyway, the team comes up, calls a timeout, they go to the timeout, and Greg is heated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely heated. Wants to rip Goga's head off, it looks like. Just absolutely tearing into him. Miles Turner has to hold him back. Um, TJ McConnell has a bit of a pl- chat to him. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of other players try and hold him back. Um, and Goga just calmly sits down. He's, he thinks he's in the right. He's pretty chill all about it, which is, I don't know. I'm on Goga's side. This is pretty awesome. Not gonna lie. I'm also on Goga's side. For <laughs> sure, yeah. You're a coach. Yeah. You don't go up to your players. Your player makes a mistake. You talk to him about it. You don't yell at him like that. You don't yeah. scream at him while he's playing. Sit down, coach. Yeah. I think Goga was 100% uh, right to say that. Maybe a yeah. little bit nicer. He could have, but ah, I think he was well yeah. with it as right. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, and yeah, from this, we got, I think Greg got a one-game suspension. Yep, and Goga got fined by the yeah. team. He got fined. Yeah, whatever it was. Um, so yeah, obviously the team sort of thinks the way we do right now, but um, yeah, it was a very, and this was only, I don't know if it was the first league for the Pacers week or halfway through it, but we're not done with Pacers news. Um, no, I don't know if you know much about this. Do you actually know the head coach's name? How uh, to pronounce Nate his name? Nate Bjorken, that's right. Apparently he's Bjorkren? also in the hot seat. Actually, I think it's Bjorken. I think it is Bjorken, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so apparently he's on the hot seat. Yeah. Just after his first season with the Pacers. Oh, he's uh, yeah, he's on the hot seat after his first season with the Pacers, uh, which is not a good look. No, no, not at all. I mean, <laughs> like they shouldn't have fired Nate McMillan in the first place. Like exactly. we were saying that when it happened, and yep. it's coming back to bite them. And I feel no sympathy for them. Really, they fired a good coach for a new coach. The new coach hasn't worked out, and you know what? Fine, that that happens, but. Yeah, this coaching staff is not getting along with the players. They're going to need a big overhaul of the offseason. And they've given up a legitimately good head coach, and now they need to go find another new head coach, probably. Probably, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the old head coach, Nate McMillan, is currently the fifth seed with the Hawks. Um, yeah. A team a team that shouldn't be there in a position where the Pacers probably should be. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're not the only ones who thought it was a bad trade, a bad signing, apparently. TJ Warren apparently requested a trade request um, at the signing of Nate Bjork- Bjorkren. Mm. Um, very not happy about the McMillan firing. So, um, yeah, apparently it's been a bit rocky since the start of the season there in in uh, Indiana, Indiana, which um, yeah. I, guess, I guess makes sense. Like, they haven't been good all season, except for, like, the first two weeks, I guess. Yeah, and even then, it was pretty much just Sabonis carrying them to be good. I don't... Yeah. Look, they had... I think they had an okay relationship with their coaching staff going into the season, but trust has been broken. Trust may, may never have been formed there. Um, and yeah, just kind of sucks for them. Bad season. does suck. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I did see a very nice video from the Timberwolves coaching staff. However, they bought all of their players' bucket hats <laughs> going into Miami, which was quite nice. I like that a lot, Fire. actually. Yeah. <laughs> And Very they gave swaggy. Who? Sorry, who's the head coach? What's the head coach's name of the Timberwolves? I'm blanking. Oh, that is a that is a good question. Um, yep, <laughs> <laughs> blanking his name. Anyway, um, he gave Ed Davis, Ed Davis, the Ed Davis, the coach's suite going to Miami just for being a good. Amazing. Fan. <laughs> Chris Finch. Chris Finch. That's it. So. 
Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to bring some positivity here, and let's give a shout out to the Timberwolves. Shout out to Timberwolves. They've had a fun end to their season. I feel like it yeah, it's been as bleak as it could have been for the Timberwolves to end the season. Exactly. Yeah. And in other bad coach news, however, so we're kind of having a reverse crap sandwich, I guess it is. So bad, <laughs> good, bad. Um, Terry Stotts of the Portland Trailblazers reportedly on the hot seat. Now, I haven't heard about this. Yeah, I just saw uh, some stuff on online on Instagram and Bleach Report and stuff like that. Apparently, Terry Stotts is, is on the hot seat um, after the Blazers had a bit of a rough February. Uh, and, you know, obviously, this is a team with win-now players and they're trying to win now and they're currently in the sixth seed, only kind of out of the grace of the Lakers being injured. Uh, yeah, and if, uh, apparently if it's a disappointing playoff run for the Blazers here, then Terry Stotts might be might be out, which I <clears throat> I don't know if I disagree with. He's been there for a long time now. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense that, like, it it might just be time for a change up kind of thing. Like they've they've obviously been running the same squad back for many years. Uh, look, I mean we've mm. talked about maybe CJ McCollum being a guy that we kind of trade out, sorry, that gets traded. Um, like really just looking to shake something up. And look, the coach is the first place to shake things up. I don't know if it's the right decision, but it's a decision they could make. Yeah, um, I think Stotts is a good coach, and you know obviously the Blazers have been in the playoffs for years and years and years now. But I don't know, at some point it's either the coach or the players. And you're right, the coach is generally the first one to go. Um, and I don't know, if we get halfway through next season and nothing's different, I feel like CJ might be the next one on the move. Probably, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get on to some of our injury news here because we had quite a few injuries and health and safety problems uh, this season, sorry, this week. Uh, first one, and I think this is actually the weirdest news, LeBron set out against the Nuggets, Clippers, and Blazers due to injury. I don't think I've ever seen LeBron come back from an injury and then just go back and sit out again. Like, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, he did re-aggravate that ankle at some point, didn't he? Didn't yeah, he leave? Like yeah, didn't he leave a game with the ankle? Yeah, something along those lines. I'm blanking. Uh, yeah, it was I at think... the start of the week, but yeah, no, he came back, re-aggravated it. And yeah, he's back out, and we don't know when we're seeing him back again. Yeah, he he sort of talked about this when he first came back. That did he say that like it wasn't a hundred percent or something? Like obviously yeah, he, he said, said he'd never be the same again. But yeah. didn't he say it wasn't quite a hundred percent? Or he's sort of you know if it was a normal season, he wouldn't be coming back this early or something like that. Maybe I I I remember him saying he didn't feel hundred percent. I don't know about. Uh, him talking about the shortened season, season or anything, but uh, yeah, right. no, it is just like he's old. He's just old now, and these <laughs> injuries are going to stick around with him. And he's probably not going to be able to play significant games even next season because, like, you know, in three seasons with the Lakers, he's had two really major injuries that have really hurt their chances, and especially sitting out against the Clippers and the Blazers and losing both of those games back to back. And now they're in the play-in with down the tiebreaker to Portland. That's really bad for the Lakers. And that's because LeBron's been injured and that's going to keep happening. Probably. I mean, I don't know if it'll keep happening. Like we do have to remember this was one of two teams with the shortest off season, um, 
coming off the bubble and you know obviously the long finals run the championship um but yeah you're right i mean he i guess we just have to get used to lebron missing a few more games i feel like he's obviously been a freak throughout his career missing major injuries um his two longest stints missing injury have both been with the lakers so yeah maybe it is catching up to him a little bit but i I don't feel like he's going to be missing you know 50 games every single year that sort of stuff but uh, no i don't think so either but i think you know he was the guy that would play through these little i mean i don't know how severe this injury is but to me anything that doesn't keep him out for three months is a little ticky tack injury for lebron and he was the kind of guy (laughs) who would just play through all that sort of stuff now i don't know if he will anymore yeah, I think that's just, you know, with his eyes set on the prize of rings rather than any sort of uh, regular season awards. And I, you know, he'd obviously still love to win MVP, but I don't know. That's obviously not his main priority. So, yeah, maybe he just sort of takes care of his body a bit more, you know, takes some more time off with the little ticky tacky stuff. So, yeah, I guess we could get accustomed to seeing that. Yeah. All right. Uh, are the injuries here we had? Uh, news on Tyrese Halliburton. So he did injure, what was his, was it his ankle, I think, or something? His knee, I think. His knee, right. Uh, and we got news that he is out for the rest of the season, which obviously, you know, the knee, uh, the season is very short now. Uh, but no ligament damage and no surgery, and he's expected to make a full recovery. Very good news. Very, very good news. For sure. Um, yeah, they were pretty confident. Early on, that it wasn't anything major. I think it's just a sprain or a strain or something like that in his knee. Um, yeah, he's only really out for the rest of the season because there's five games left or yeah. eight games or whatever it was when it happened. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's good that it's nothing major because yeah, he's had an awesome rookie year and is a very promising player going forward. So we don't want any injuries derailing that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we also had PJ Dozier of the Denver Nuggets there. Last rotational guard going out with a right adductor <laughs> hey, strain. Their last normal rotational guard, uh, PJ Dozier. <laughs> Prior to Jamal Murray's injury, the only guy left of the guard rotation that was playing, except Cabazzo, of course. But um, yeah, so a right adductor strain. That's usually not a serious injury. This one scares me, though, because this is the same injury that derailed Gary Harris's career. Um, and I'm feeling really? a bit of bad luck, and I don't like it. An adductor strain was yeah. what kept Gary Harris out. Wow. It kept it it kept getting re-aggravated, I'm pretty sure, and it led to other problems in his hips and things of that nature. And that's why he's now on the magic, putting up like I don't know, eight points a game or something like that. Um, rather than right. still on the nuggets putting up like fifteen or sixteen as he was before this injury. Uh yeah, yeah so um, not well good. yeah, hopefully hopefully Doja. This usually isn't something. This usually isn't like to be worried about, though. Yeah, like, you're right. Because was also an adductor, um, so maybe Gary Harris was just in for. Um, he just had underlying stuff that made it worse, or his rehab didn't go right, or something like that. So hopefully, with Dozier, it's a bit better. Um, but yeah, this shouldn't be anything too serious. But I understand your. Uh, concern as a Nuggets fan. Yeah, and like Doja was very good uh, for the team in his brief time starting um, after after Wilbana got injured, of course. he Yeah, he was just a very positive player. It really sucks that he's injured. But, you know, I think we will see him back for the playoffs, hopefully. 
Um, mm, that'll be good. Yeah, they need him. So other injury, other injury news here. Uh, Zion Williamson out for out indefinitely uh, with a fractured left ring finger. Very specific injury, mm. but it's just a fractured finger. So I think he'll be fine. It's just like, damn, that sucks in that he's not there what? to finish out the season. Right. When did this happen? Like, did this happen in game or something? I don't know, but I I just saw it like yesterday that this had yeah. happened. Um, look, he's he's a big guy. I'm sure he he probably could play through it, but like it's just a matter of like, look, let's just sit him out. The Pelicans are almost certainly out of the playoffs at this point. Though they did give um, who did they give? They gave the the, the, was sixes it the sixes? Yeah, they gave the sixes yeah. a run for their money today. Um, as of when we're recording to this, as of when we're recording this. Uh, yeah, it's just an unfortunate injury, but it's a fractured finger. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's just a shame he has to miss the last couple of games. You know, the Pelicans are still interested in making the play, and I feel like they're not counting themselves out, but I think everyone else is. So uh, point, it's a bit yeah. of a blow to the, a bit of a blow to this season, but yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. All right, and last kind of injuries is uh, Dennis Schroeder and Moz Bridges uh, both entered the league's health and safety protocols. What exactly happened, we don't know. Uh, whether they caught COVID or whether they simply broke protocol or something like that. But yeah, out for about two weeks, each of them. Um, I think we're almost a week into Schroeder. I think it was very early on in the week and Miles Bridges was a little bit later in the week, but not too much later. So we will see them back probably around the start of the playoffs. Early into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, are they handing out health and safeties for breaking protocol now? Because didn't um, Kevin Porter Jr. break protocol and only get fined. Oh, maybe. Okay, I don't know. I I don't know exactly what yeah. they're doing. Unless unless these guys aren't vaccinated, but I don't know if the league's keeping track of that either. I think um, they would. I think the league would have to. You'd imagine so. Yeah, because I think actually I think vaccinated guys got different privileges. So, um, yeah. I mean, hopefully, if they did contract COVID, they'll be, you know, okay to come back and play to their full potential um, in the playoffs because both of these guys are going to be in the playoffs. Likely the Charlotte's in the play-in, but yeah, I guess the Lakers are in the play-in too, but you know. Um, but yeah, we, I don't know. We've Did you hear about all the Evan Fournier stuff that he talked about? How he still, he feels like he's got a concussion and uh, um, all this sort of stuff a couple of months after contracting COVID. Did you see all that? I didn't actually, no. Yeah, he talked about his how he still doesn't feel 100% um, after having COVID like months ago at this point. Um, he's still like, yeah, he, he said he felt like he had as a concussion at sometimes and yeah, it's hard to breathe. Um, I'm sure you saw the report though that um, Tatum has to use an inhaler now before games. I did say um, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so this this could stick around for guys, which isn't good, but um, hopefully these guys are able to play and you know, there's no long-lasting stuff for them. Yeah, hopefully. All right, uh, other bits of news here. Uh, Chris Webber, I saw a report that he's potentially going to be fired by TNT this offseason for bailing on commentating on March Madness. And Marv Albert, uh, occasionally his commentary partner, is also probably going to retire. So, look, I know a lot of people hate Chris Webber as a commentator. I'm not his biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't wish, you know, being fired on anyone, but maybe they get someone yeah, a bit better. Of I didn't hear about this report at all. Um, 
This is completely news to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not a Chris Reber commentating fan, at least. Um. No. But this this is very interesting that he sort of just bailed. I mean, I didn't hear about anything about this. And obviously, March Madness was a while ago now. <laughs> yeah, like, I only saw this report um, like this week that he's potentially out with TNT. Interesting. Seeing Marv go will be sad though. Marv's mm. a, a legend. Um, yeah, and he's an iconic voice for the NBA. Um, so if this is his last year, hopefully I can catch a few TNT games before he heads into retirement. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're we're losing a couple players here. We obviously already lost Paul Pierce um, as a commentator. <laughs> hey, I mean, we we could see some cool. I, I, I think we could see some cool new players, a little bit of fresh blood. I'd like to see D Wade call a few games. I like him on uh, inside the NBA. Yeah, he's he's entertaining. I'd like to see that. I'd I'd like to see a few WNBA players. Like if I don't know if um, Maya Moore, she seems to be a bit less interested in basketball, and she's a bit more in the social justice realm now. Um, I don't know if Sue Bird retires anytime soon. Mm. Uh, I'd love to see her call games. She's a really fun personality. Um, but in terms of NBA guys, um, should we get KG on the call just for the chaos? <laughs> can, can we pair KG and Richard Jefferson? Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> they'd have to bleep. Like, yeah, they they'd would just be, start swearing at each other. <laughs> that, that broadcast would not be safe. For, yeah, you couldn't put that on TV. You actually just couldn't put that on TV. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> like I think Richard <laughs> Jefferson could is I think Richard Jefferson will push the boundaries, but Kevin Durant uh, sorry, Kevin Garnett will not care about any boundaries. <laughs> he will cross every boundary there is. Yes. <laughs> but I mean he did have that show. What was it called? Do you remember? You know who broadcast. What sorry, you, you cut out for a second there. Oh, um, I mean, KG did have his own show, Area 21, but oh, I'd love it. to see a um, Kevin Garnett, Adam Sandler broadcast. That'd be amazing. Interesting. Apparently those, <laughs> apparently those guys are buddies. You know, they did Uncut Gems together. I feel like that'd be good chemistry and good vibes. Just like Right. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, make, it, make it happen. <laughs> legendary, yeah. I mean, Adam Sandler, the new Marv Albert. <laughs> I mean, let's not go that far. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, yeah. Look, I mean, if they can find anyone as good as Chris Webber, which is almost anyone, I think they'll be fine. It's just it, replacing Marvel will be a lot harder. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if they f- somehow find someone worse than Chris Webber, I might never watch TNT. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> So, speaking of retiring hosts, we've also got uh, Bucks play-by-play announcer Jim Paschke to retire uh, at the end of the season. Uh, he talked about uh, his son recently had his first child and just wanted their dad to be around a little bit more. I didn't catch a whole lot of Bucks broadcasts, but I would say they're, like, definitely one of, like, they were the least defensive broadcast crews. I'll give you that. I'll say that much, at least. Yeah. Easy to listen to, yeah. um, we'll say. I can't say I could recall... Jim's voice here, um, but no, I enjoy, uh, you know, just Bucks games. I guess, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't know, we seem to we seem to talk a lot about commentating crews without without knowing any of them. I feel like, like I don't know who's on any commentating crew, uh, but I know which ones I like more or less, um, and I like the Bucks ones. So yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I definitely know which ones I like. I couldn't tell you their names either. Yeah, but... Um, yeah. Again, hopefully someone that... Like, probably someone that's going to be hard to replace. But, you know, a bit of new, fresh blood would be pretty cool to see as well. Um, just because commentating yeah. crews tend to be fairly old. Like, very old. Actually. Yes. <laughs> I believe very Peshke old. was um, with the Bucks for 30-plus years or something like that. So he's been there quite a while. Oh, Might get his name in the rafters then. That's pretty... That's a long-ass time. Mm. There's a few announcers in rafters across the league, which is, you know... An honor, obviously. It's pretty cool to see. Okay. I, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, I think there's one up in the Lakers. Um, in the Lakers rafters. And maybe the Knicks? Maybe not. I can't remember. Okay, I don't know. Um, all right. Last bit of news here is Jamal Murray has been clouding fools on Twitter. And by fools, I mean Nick Wright and Kendrick Perkins, actually. Um both of those guys were saying that Jokic is not the front runner for MVP, and Chris Paul actually is, and Jamal Murray was having absolutely none of it. Um, he ratioed uh, Kendrick Perkins quite substantially, um, and he just said Nick wrong, lol. <laughs> that Nick take is awful. <laughs> you yeah. see that whole clip? Yeah. Said he'd be the worst MVP in 35 years. Bro, what? <laughs> He, he did backpedal on Twitter and say, uh, aside from Derek Rose, he would be the worst MVP in 35 years. He did backpedal on that. Oh, but... in the original, in the original clip, he said Derek Rose was better than him. <laughs> Wait, okay, man, <laughs> absolute backpedal. <laughs> uh, did you see the clip Look, of I'm him not... in his car saying, "You don't get ratings by talking about Nikola MVPs. Oh, uh, that see, I didn't see that, but that makes sense. He's just, you know, he's trying to get the clickbaits. He's trying to get the views. Um, so, yeah, I could understand it, I guess. But, no, complete and utter disrespect. Yeah. So, injured Jamal Murray has become... Uh, I saw this going around. Injured Jamal Murray is the Defensive Player of the Year when it comes to Jokic's MVP uh, comments. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I like, the, I like the role that Murray's taken on with his injury. We saw him out there... Um, <laughs> With the team in warm-ups, trying to block shots with his crutches. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> trying to get some contests up. Um, yeah, I like that he's still around the team. It's still a big part of this team. It shows the camaraderie. Uh, he isn't quite around the team. It was only while they were in LA, because that is where he's rehabbing. But yeah, while while they were in LA, he right. obviously went down and spent a few days with the team, uh, which is very nice to see him. I really enjoyed seeing him on the sidelines with them. All right. Uh, let's get... Yeah, it's very cool to see. Okay, let's get to one big question. So, we're going to be doing it kind of like last week. We don't... We're not talking about specific teams here. We've just got a few kind of questions. I realize it's called one big question and we've got three, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. Um... It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, first question here is, which team should be the most disappointed with where they've ended up in the standings? And I'll go first, because we already spoke about them a little bit. The Indiana Pacers. And, like, we obviously already talked about their coaching situation. All that sort of stuff has just been kind of going wrong. So, I won't dwell on it too much, but I think most people, ourselves included, picked the Pacers to be in the playoffs. Probably top six. Probably at, like, bottom, like at the very worst, around seventh. And they're in the play-in, yeah. which is still, you know, a testament to their talent. But 
they should be a lot better than they are. Is Malcolm it? Brogdon had a very, I mean, Malcolm Brogdon had a very solid season. Um, Demarcus Sabonis obviously started obviously started off the season very well. Karis Levert um, coming to the team, you you would imagine that would probably help a little bit, but yeah, a lot of just bad stuff outside of like on the court. Yeah, just very disappointing. Like, I think I had them at 7th or 8th in my preseason stuff. Um, but yeah, the, like, the talent on this team is great. Like, their starting five is legit. Um, like, between Brogdon, Levert, who obviously, you know, he had that um, that cancer scare th- during the season, which, yeah. um, so, you know, a little bit of time to come back from that. Um, TJ Warren, although he missed, he was out for the season fairly early on. And then Sabonis and Miles Turner. Um, like and TJ McConnell's really good. Um, Doug McDermott is a baller. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just lots of talent, but very little wins. Like, I think that they're genuinely disappointed with ninth. Like, they should not be that low. No, no, not at all. I mean, you had them at eighth. I had them at seventh. I just checked. But, like, it's weird how big of a drop off it is from, like, oh, seventh, respectable. Ninth, what are you doing? Well, it's just. I mean, it feels like they're worse than ninth, doesn't it to you? It does. It does. I, you know, if you like in my head, they're like twelve. Yeah, you could convince me that they're not in the play. For sure. Um, yeah, that's absolutely the vibe I get with this team. I don't even see them making it out of the play in in this point. Just the just the whole vibe with this team really feels off. Um, obviously, talent there, but I don't know if that gets them out of the play in. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I don't think so. I actually don't think that they snagged the eight seed. Um, in I, yeah, I just don't think they have a chance to snag the eight seed. I think they don't even get a chance to try and snag it. I think they lose to the Wizards pretty big in that first game. Oh, is that who they're playing? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That <laughs> right now, yeah, right now. Um, you know, there's still time for the Wizards to move up and stuff. Uh, there's only, uh. But either way, um, yeah, it's just no good matchups in there, and I feel like all those teams in the plane with them are better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I very, mean, dis- I, very disappointing season. Yeah. Would I pick the Hornets over the Pacers? I guess I would. Yeah, but I think like, I would just for one game though. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure. just for one game, I could see like Lamelo going for like a thirty-point triple double. So yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's that child team can get hot very quickly. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, how about your team? Uh, I've got the Celtics here. Um, currently at seventh. Um, they're sort of back and forth with the Heat for that sixth spot right now. Um, yeah, like a team with a lot of talent. They should be like the fourth seed. They're like on paper, they're like the fourth best team in the East, and right now they're at seventh, and they've been. Very disappointing for long stretches of the season, sort of only bringing it back together at the last little leg here, um, I feel like. Um, yeah, obviously, Tatum's taken it up another notch the last couple of games, but for the whole season as a whole, I feel like it's been pretty disappointing. And ending up at seventh, having to play other games to earn a playoff spot is very disappointing for the Celtics team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, you and I both had them picked as our second seed going into the season. I think even at the midway point, we had them around fifth or sixth. Being in the play-in for a team that's been to the conference finals three in the last four years is really bad because 
on paper, they probably got better this season a little bit. I mean, obviously, downgrades um, in certain places over the last few years, like with Kyrie, obviously not being there, but that's a couple years now. Like, Kemba hasn't been great this season, but even still, on paper, they should be a little bit better just because you'd imagine Jason Tatum gets a bit better. Jalen Brown did get quite a bit better. Marcus Smart has been with the team for a little while, but yeah, they made a few questionable moves, trading Daniel Tice, which still worst move of the season. Um, and yeah, they for just sure. kind of had, I don't know, they had a lot of opportunity, they have a lot of talent, and they just didn't execute, which is so weird, because uh, a lot of people obviously also tout Brad Stevens as an excellent coach. I know you're not a huge fan of him, and I hate their, and I hate their mm. inbounds plays, especially their ending game inbounds plays. Yeah. <laughs> which is crazy, because that's what, I feel like that's what got him notoriety was his inbound plays early yeah. in his career with the Celtics. Um, yeah, it's it's weird how it's sort of one eighty, um, and they kind of they kind of lucky in a sense because Peyton Pritchard has been awesome for them this year, and like it's weird to rely a lot on a fourth on a four year college guard who's undersized to have a pretty decent role for the Celtics team, um, and will continue they'll continue relying on him going forward, especially when Kemba was out or just not playing great. Um, he's had some big games throughout the season. So, you know, the, there is a world where, you know, if Peyton takes a year or two to get used to the league, they could be even worse than seventh. Um, it's just very interesting. But, it, you know, in that same breath, it's they could also be the fourth seed. Um, yeah, it's very strange, but also, yeah, just very disappointing for them. Yeah, I mean, despite how, the, how they've played the season, if this same roster went into next season, I would still pick them as, like, my fourth or fifth seed. Um, so it's just very weird seeing them at seventh, yeah. All right. Uh, was that all you had yeah, to say on that one? I think that's, I think that's all I've got. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get so. to the next question, which is, uh, which player wishes there was more time left in the season? And Dylan, do you want to go first with this one? So I've kind of cheated here. I've got two answers. My joke answer is Westbrook. Um, he was I, actually I also know, my joke like, answer. <laughs> yeah. I think he just wants to get like 50 more triple doubles in a row or whatever he's up to now. Um, yeah, he's right now he's one away from tying Oscar. Um, obviously two away from being the all-time leader in triple doubles, um, which is pretty special to hmm. see. I'm excited to see that happen. Uh, I mean, most he likely going to happen the rest of the season. Good. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, yeah. He, he only needs two more games of that because I can guarantee you, if he ties him next game, he's absolutely going to get the next game. Oh, for I sure. I would like all the stat padding in the world. I would not be surprised if we see like a 30-30-20 game from him. To, <laughs> that to would be pretty crazy. Yeah, but like I wouldn't. Yeah, that that would wouldn't surprise not. me. <laughs> yeah, but my real answer is RJ Hampton, who. Over the last five games with the Magic, and really since he's been there, has just flourished with the extra opportunity that he wasn't going to get with the Nuggets going into the playoffs. Although, who knows? They kind of could use a guard right now. Um, I would love RJ Hampton. Over the last five. Yeah. (laughs) That's a bit tough to see. Um, Yeah, over the last five games, in 30 minutes a game, he's putting up 16 points, six and a half rebounds, five assists on 45, 35, 78 shooting. Um, which is pretty awesome for yeah. a rookie guard. I mean, I don't necessarily regret I, the he's trade. He's had a couple double-doubles in the last two games, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily regret the trade, but man, the Nuggets lost a stud on this one. I was really high on him. 
he's so fast, he's so athletic, and he seems like such like a really genuinely hardworking kind of guy. Like, I'm so happy that he's getting an opportunity in Orlando, because, like, look, even even if he was still in Denver, he probably wouldn't be getting as many opportunities as we'd like to think he would, just because Coach Malone isn't one to use rookies a whole lot, like, even when he really needs them. So, he gets a chance to play in Orlando, and I'm happy, I'm happy for him. But, yeah, no, I think that's a great answer. Yeah, it's, it's good to see him at Orlando. You're right, he wouldn't get the same sort of shots and stuff if he was still with Denver, but... um. Yeah, right now he's flourishing with, you know, found time. And it's going to be interesting how the Magic go forward with... Because they've kind of got some young pieces now, um, as we've talked about. Um, mm. be interesting to see what they do going forward. Obviously, they signed Fultz to an extension earlier this season. Um, and they've also got Cole Anthony there, who, you know, he's built for this shit, apparently. And um, RJ, so that's a pretty interesting three-guard three, three line up there that they could either run out or trade one of those guys. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, my answer here is I'm going for a bit of a deep cut here. I'm going with Daniel Gafford of the Washington Wizards here. Um, and the reason is... I love this pick from his. He's been playing pretty well the last last little while. I mean, I, I put these stats in here a couple days ago, so I haven't updated it for today. But over his last 10 games, he averaged about 10 points off 75% shooting. And then over his last four, he's been averaging 11.5 points on 88% shooting. He's just a guy that's just kind of been playing legitimately meaningful minutes for the Wizards, kind of out of nowhere, and he's been playing really, really well. So I think he wants this season to keep going, just because that might be a little bit different in the postseason. That's assuming they even make it into the postseason, because they're still currently in 10th, uh, looking at the play-in. And I don't know about you, but I don't expect this Wizards team to look exactly the same next season. I doubt they run this same team back. I don't know what you think about that, but... Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I could see it. They're in, they're locked in for those contracts, those two main contracts for a while. So, um, I, I don't see it being radically different, but I feel like Daniel Gafford is a guy they're happy that, um, is on a long-term contract right now. Cause yeah, he's been awesome for them. I love this pick. Um, sneaky pickup off the bulls, um, in that tie steal, which was ended up being a three team deal. Um, yeah, it's just, He's a awesome role guy, um, really athletic, works hard. He's already dunked on people a few times. Um, yeah, good pick from me. I like this deep cut. Yeah, but like, oh, sorry, what I was saying about next season is like, if they do shake things up a little bit, it might take him a little bit of time to kind of get back into this rhythm. Like he's playing with such a great flow right now right. that you don't really want to interrupt that. And also, um, I always pick Russ Westbrook partially because of the triple doubles, but also because I think if you gave the Wizards a few more games, they could legitimately just climb to like eighth or seventh. Like I really wouldn't put it past them based on how they're playing. Mm. They've got one of the better records in the league over the last like 10, 20 games. They just need a little bit more time and then they're probably better than we expected them going into the season. So I think Daniel Gafford and like just most of the Wizards in general might just wish they had a little bit of regular season left. Yeah, I think the... 12 and 3 in the last 15 or something like that, the Wizards. Um, yeah, they've been on an impressive run. And yeah, you're right. Another 10 games or something, they could work their way up into 7th or 8th or something like that. So um, yeah, it's been a really impressive second half of the season, obviously for Westbrook and for Gafford, and just for the Wizards as a whole. Um, yeah, about next year, I don't know. It's, it'd be interesting because Thomas Bryant is up for a contract, I, feel, I think. And um, I don't know if he's asking for a bit too much money I feel like Gafford is a guy that could step in and 
play that role for them, especially if he keeps this up. Mm. For sure, for sure. All right. Uh, now, our last question here is, which player has your opinion changed on the most this season? Uh, so I'll go first on this one. Andre Drummond. I thought he was good, and I was so wrong. <laughs> 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 um, I didn't understand all the talk of him being the most useless 15 and 15 in the league, but now I see it. Like, yeah, he just does nothing. Yeah, no, I mean, I never, I didn't watch a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, I didn't watch a whole lot of it with the Pistons. I didn't watch a whole lot of it with the Cavs, I'll be honest. But, like, while he's been on the Lakers, he just doesn't do anything. He's just so, he's just not good. Like, he's just on white side levels of, like, wow, these are empty, empty numbers. Like, oh my goodness, (laughs) that's the perfect comparison. That is the perfect comparison. I didn't even think of that until you just said it. That's exactly what he is. Um. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, at times I feel like come playoffs, he, the Lakers are gonna be so much better with him off the floor. Like, oh yeah. I think I'd still rather have bad Marcus Sol out there rather than Andre Drummond. Did you watch the uh, the Lakers Nuggets game? Did we watch that together? Did we watch that together? I think Lake- we did. Okay. Wait, when it, was that? It was like Tuesday or something. I think. But anyway. okay, doesn't matter. Andre Drummond was getting killed by Jokic. Marcus All played good defense on Jokic. That was the difference. The Nuggets lost that game because Marcus All played good defense. If Andre Drummond stayed out there and didn't foul out, they would have Jokic would have just continued killing Andre Drummond. He is big. He can get rebounds. Like I thought he was a good player because I was like, oh, if nothing else, he gets you rebounds and he's a rim runner. But he he stat pads his rebounds. And he doesn't run to the rim. <laughs> he's somehow, for a guy that gets so many boards and is that big, he's somehow a terrible defensive player. Um, yeah. <laughs> like Jokic was, you're right, just bullying him uh, in that game. Yeah, it's the yeah complete Hassan Whiteside effect. Um, I'd be interested to see come later in the playoffs if he's still getting minutes. Not gonna lie. I mean, I'm not a huge Lakers fan, but even just saying that, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, how about your answer for this one? Um, honestly, I've got Jokic. Um, I'm very high on Jokic now. Uh, thank you, Ramiz, for being my roommate, so I have to watch a lot of Nuggets games. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed it immensely. Um, <laughs> Jokic is awesome. He's He's such a good scorer. He just scores whenever he wants now. Like, mm-hmm. he's a legit... Like, you can book him for 25 at least. He's going to get 30 most other nights. Um, he just, like... He just bullies his way. They put him at the high post. He figures something out. He makes the right pass. He, you know, backs his way down to the basket. It's awesome to watch. Um, the steals is incredible. The hands <laughs> are really... <laughs> they kind of blow me away. <laughs> um, I... Yeah, I love watching Jokic. Uh, after watching him a bit more, I, I still love my boy Embiid. I wish, I feel like if he played more games, he'd be the MVP, but Jokic is for sure the MVP this season. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Good to have you here. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I've been counting <laughs> Jokic as a great player for five years now. I mean, from back when we were in school, I was mm-hmm. talking about how great Jokic is, and I'm like, damn, he's still so underrated. And I think we... Uh, 
I think it's to the point where we could say he's no longer underrated. He is now just being hated on for how good he is. Actually, yeah, like he's got haters now, which is that's when you know you've made it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I just don't. I think people don't like how I don't know what do they like about Jokic. Do you think it's just how he, easy he makes it look? <laughs> he's a bit. He is a bit of a flopper. I mean, I think it's the same reason people don't really like him being all that much. Like some people don't like him being all yeah. that much. When guys flop a bit, it, yeah, no one likes it, and he is one. He he is a mean. Is Anthony Davis is all these great big men? They are floppers, and you kind of just have to pick the ones you like, and you just hate the rest of them. <laughs> He's very rubbery in his flopping. I feel like, <laughs> like just his movements. <laughs> I would describe him as rubbery. Um, no, but yeah, he's just elite in pretty much everything. Um, uh. Very much looking forward to the playoffs. Watching yes. him, what he does in the playoffs. Yeah, because right now it looks like they're actually probably going to match up against the Mavs. So it's been a good week in that regard. Like the the Lakers fell to seventh, seventh today, and they they yeah, are down the tiebreaker nuts. against both the Blazers and the Mavs. So there's actually a legitimately oh good God, chance. They... Sorry, wait, just... they locked into seventh. Then? No, but are they going to? There's a good chance that they but end like, up in seventh. Like, a very good chance they yeah. end up in seventh. Play the Warriors in the first play-in game. And then, yeah, it's... I mean, I feel bad for the Jazz or the Suns. Like, hey, you guys had your best regular season in, like, well over a decade. Cool, you get to face the Lakers now. <laughs> <laughs> He's the champs, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, well, I hope the Jazz match up with the Lakers, whatever mm. that ends up being. Because uh, I do not want to see the Suns go out in the first round. That will break my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's... Especially if LeBron still misses games and Schroeder's out. Like, that's a lot of their scoring gone. Mm. Yeah, no, those are, that's a scary matchup. And, like, Gobert is very physical. And, a bit, and Anthony Davis, not the hardest player in the league um so yeah that could actually be a hmm. legitimately tough series for the lakers and i almost would pick the jazz if lebron's out if lebron's Fact- out actually i think yeah, i would pick I th- the jazz yeah uh, depends what ad is like um and if if schroeder's back if it's just lebron out i think i might still take the lakers hmm. but um if, yeah, LeBron and Schroeder are out and AD is still sort of dealing with that ankle, um, yeah, I think I would take the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about this more when we get to our uh, playoff preview once the play-in is actually over and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, very interesting, very interesting stuff uh, happening at the bottom of the West or at the bottom of the Western playoff picture at the very least. All right, uh, let's yeah, get... Sure. Yeah, let's get to my top three stats of the week. Um, I actually have more than three stats this week, but we'll get to it. Um, so first one here is <laughs> Russell Westbrook had 20 rebounds and 20 assists against the Pacers. Only two other games in NBA history, a player has had 20 rebounds and 20 assists, and they are Wilt Chamberlain and Russell Westbrook in 2019. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone would have seen that stat going around, which is why it's the bottom one here. Yeah, um, just 
Rust things and Wilt things. Like yes, yeah. yeah, Wilt things. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't, do you have this other Rust stat? No. Okay. Can I throw another Rust stat at for you? Sure, you can. He's the only player in NBA history, I'm pretty sure, to have uh, fifty points, uh, fifty assists, and fifty rebounds over in a three-game three spin. Yeah. Yep. I saw that one as well. Yeah. Which is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 17, oh, uh, almost 17 assists and rebounds averaged over a three-game span. Ridiculous. Just absolute nuts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, next stat here is Jokic had 32 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks uh, in less than 30 minutes over the Knicks. The only other player to have this stat line, so of 30, 12, 6, 2, and 2 in less than 30 minutes, is Carlton Towns. Uh, so, weirdly not Wilt things. I guess steals and blocks weren't, like, super commonly tracked in Wilt's day. Um, I think it was right at the end. They might have been, they might have started getting tracked, but yeah. It's big, scary stat line, and he just killed the Knicks. 24 points in the first quarter. They were done. <laughs> that was absolute domination. <laughs> yeah, that game was over after the first quarter. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean... A likely duo, I feel like, to to get this done. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But also very elite, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, next one is a bit longer, and we've got some guessing games coming up here. So, look forward to that, Dylan. Uh, so, cool. with the Wizards lost to the Bucks on Thursday, Bradley Beal tied James Harden for the 10th most 40-point game in a loss. 40-point games in a loss with 22. So, he's done that 22 times in his career. 40 points, and they still lost. Uh, Westbrook is currently ninth in that stat, actually, with 24, and one away from tying Allen Iverson and George Gervin at 7th with 25. So, aside from Westbrook, Beal, and Harden, there are two other active players in the top 25 most 40-point games in a loss. Can you name them? Wow, this is a stat. (laughs) (laughs) Two other active players. Um... Okay, let me think. Is Mello one of them? Mello is one of them. He has 15. Right, the other one. Um, I mean, LeBron's played a lot of games, is it LeBron? It is not LeBron. He has 12. I did check that, though. I, I thought you would say LeBron, but he's just outside of the top 25. So there is one other. And this person actually has 19. Okay. 19, so more than Mello. More than Mello, yes. Um... Uh, had a scoring title at least once in his career. Oh, uh, um, at least once. Just think, big scorers, big scorers. Yeah, uh, KD, Steph, yep. KD. Yeah, you were right there. So nineteen really? forty-point games in losses for Kevin Durant. Um, now, that's interesting. I feel like yeah. I feel like when KD goes off, it's it's a W. So that's. I mean, this might have been. I'm guessing a lot of these were early kind of Thunder, maybe even Sonics days. Oh, I guess he only played with the Sonics in his rookie season, but I, I'm guessing a few, quite a few in his early Thunder days. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um, now in that same game, Russ Westbrook also had a triple double. So he is now six away from Oscar Robertson for the most triple doubles in a loss in NBA history. He has 45 triple-doubles in losses. Oscar Robertson had 50. Can you name the 
eight other active players on the top 25 list. Oh, Ramiz, eight. <laughs> Trust me, some of these right, are really here we go. Some of these uh, are really easy. Okay, so how many numbers are we talking? Like top twenty, top twenty-five. Is it like one or two triple doubles? No. So the top guy has twenty-three, and the bottom guy in this list has five. Five. Okay. Don't worry. I'll, um, give you hi- I'll give you hints for the lower guys, but some of these top guys should be pretty simple. Just think of guys that get a lot of triple doubles. Right. So LeBron. Yep. Number one with twenty-three of these guys. Number one. Interesting. Um, why am I blanking? Who else gets triple doubles? Uh, is Giannis in this at all? Weirdly, no, actually. Interesting. Why can't I think of good NBA players right now? Jokic, I guess, <laughs> yep. has put up some at a loss. Yep, so he's tied <laughs> uh, for third with two other guys, but he's got 11. Has Chris Paul done it? No, not Chris Paul. Okay, uh, other guy, another... Like you're, t- we're talking the same realm as Jokic, LeBron in terms of how great he is. Big numbers. Another uh, Balkan guy. Oh, Harden. Oh, okay. Is Harden one of them? Uh, James Harden is one of them. Yes, he's got ten. But I think you were going to say someone else. Yeah. Balkan. Another. Balkan oh, I guess not. Guy. Not necessarily Balkan. That area. <laughs> oh, Luca. Luca. Is that Balkan? Yeah. Slovenia, Balkan? Uh, 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 no. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <Good> question. <laughs> I think that's to the. I think that's to the west of the Balkans. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, uh, these other guys, I'm going to give you hints on because these are a bit harder. So anyway, one of these guys, got left. <laughs> you've got four left. Okay. So bottom guy, uh, he's quite new to this list because he wasn't a huge triple double machine before this season. He's a bigger guy. Big guy gets a few triple doubles. Averages a decent amount of assists as well. Randall? No, but just as good. Or almost as good. Almost as good as Randall. We've talked about his team a couple <laughs> times this episode. Sabonis. Yeah, Sabonis. Okay, uh, next guy here. Bit of yeah. a defensive guy. He's a guard, but he's a big guard. And Simmons? Yep, Ben Simmons. Okay. Ben Simmons. Yep, yeah. Ben Simmons. Uh, next guy here. Anytime I see him, I just tell him to shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Why do I feel like I should know this, but I don't? <laughs> you should have. It's like, I said it all week when we were watching their games. I would just see him, and he would do something good. I'd be just like, shut up. Go away. I hate you. Oh, who is this? Oh. <laughs> Think about the most unlikable um, guards in the league. Oh. Who's got the most unlikable guard rotation no. in the league? Oh, uh, wait. Oh, Rondo. Yes, Rondo. Yes. Rondo. <laughs> All right, last one here. Yes, okay, there we go. <laughs> okay, this guy actually has 15 triple doubles. You never hear about him, though. We did actually speak about him a little bit earlier this week. Something to do with his hair. We were talking Alfred about his Payton. hair. Alfred Payton, yes, with 11 triple-doubles in losses. Wow, that's a crazy stat. Yeah. <laughs> what a what an outlier. <laughs> yeah, so LeBron... Alfred Payton. 
LeBron with 23, Dodgers with 14, Jokic, Alfred Payton, and Rondo all with 11, Harden with 10, Ben Simmons with 8, and DeMarcus Sabonis with 5. I'm surprised Sabonis has 5 triple-doubles. And is that all of his triple-doubles? <laughs> I think he's got like 10-ish. He averages like a good 4 and a bit assists a game, I'm pretty sure. Half of them are in losses, that's tough. Probably, yeah. Alright, uh, and last out here, I said I had more than three. Um, yeah. <laughs> this one I just love. Uh, Anthony Edwards is just the second rookie with 40 points and eight three-pointers made on 80% from three. The other one, Roddy Bribois. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what, a, and, what a random stat fellow. <laughs> and bonus stat for you. We've talked about Roddy Bubar twice this season. That makes us the only people to talk about Roddy Bubar more than once since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Surely it's more than twice. I'm not going to lie. It feels like it's been more than twice. <laughs> Maybe. He's come up in the stats twice. I'll tell you that much at least. Yeah, at least two. I mean, shout out, Roddy. <laughs> shout out, Roddy Bubar. All right. Uh, let's get to your plus minus of the week. All right, so I didn't have a whole heap of time, but I feel like I've found some pretty good ones. Uh, at number three, uh, Bryn Forbes of the Bucks was a plus 20 uh, in 26 minutes versus the Nets in only a six-point win for the Bucks. So whatever happened when he was out there was very good, good for the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, plus 20 in a six-point win is pretty impressive. Mm. Um, and then one and two here are from the same game. Um, I've got... I guess second? I don't know. In terms of minus per minute, he should probably be first. But uh, at second is Isaiah Hartenstein with a minus 29 in 12 minutes in the 36-point loss to the Blazers. Uh, yeah. Pretty <laughs> rough. Pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> rough. And uh, of this same game, you brought this one to my attention, which led me to Hartenstein. But um, Kevin Love was a minus 45 in only 25 minutes uh, in that same game. So... A couple of Cavs there having a rough week or a rough game. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they were down like, were they down like 40 in the first quarter or something? <laughs> it felt like it. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually had but, uh, one other one that yeah. I want to throw at you here. Uh, I found this one uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, Anthony Gill of the Washington Wizards was a minus 20 in nine minutes in a two-point win over the Raptors. Which is just very interesting because they got killed for nine minutes and they still won that game. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what the lead was then. <laughs> They're trying to throw out the bench and Anthony Gill just ruined that for them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, good plus minuses there uh, on on a bit of a time crunch, especially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for bringing another one, though, Ramiz. I, I appreciate that. Uh, Alright, let's get to Baywatch. So, again, I didn't grab his individual game logs uh, this week, but he did have a 26-point game, I will mention that uh, individually, but this week he averaged about 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists per game on about 44, 42, and 100 shooting splits. So... Pretty good. Uh, a plus 2.3 in two losses and a win. So, I mean, obviously, it's the Pistons. We can't expect a whole lot from them. But, yeah, 
he was just kind of good for them. And an individual thing that he did that I thought was really good was um, in their game against the Hornets, which they ended up losing by only three points. And Blake, you know who it was, but one of his teammates was going to foul at the end of regulation, but he ended up just completely losing the guy he was supposed to foul. So Sadiq sprints across the court and gets and picks up the foul to send the guy to the free throw line. And that's a heads-up veteran play, I think. Yeah, already making veteran moves out here. Um, I think I saw that play, actually. Um, I think, like, Killian Hayes fell over or something. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just a heads-up play by Sadiq, the veteran, the GOAT. Shout out, Sadiq. Shout out, yes. All right, let's get to our League Pass games to watch. So, my first game here is on the 10th. So, today, as as of when this episode comes out, uh, Suns at Lakers. Potentially a first-round matchup now, but yeah, this will actually be a really important game. Uh, because if the Lakers win this, they might be back and like have potential to end up in the sixth seed. If they lose this, then they're getting pretty close to being locked into the seventh seed, which is kind of scary for them. I mean, I, I would still pick them in at least one of the two play-in games, but no LeBron, and if AD is still dealing with that ankle, something could go very wrong, and they could end up out of the playoffs. That would be a crazy... Sight to see, yes. But um, yeah, LeBron's talked about how he doesn't want to be in the play-in. So I don't know. They're kind of all must-wins for the rest of the season for the Lakers. But yeah, tough matchup here. Mm. Do you think the Do you think the Suns want to punt uh, this game at all so they can end up in uh, sixth? The the Lakers. Uh, I mean, maybe, kind of. <laughs> they kind bit. of. I don't know, but do they want the first seed, though? They're only one game back at the Jazz for first. Ah, so they could, right. they could lock yeah. the Lakers into seventh and go for first. Yeah. So maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoy keeping up with all this uh, you know, gamesmanship and games behind and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's quite interesting. Yeah. A lot of drama this season. Yeah. Um, for my first games here, I've cheated a little bit. Um, I've got both the the Heat Celtics games that are on Monday and Wednesday. Um, very, very, very important games for my Miami Heat. Um, the Heat are currently down uh, one nothing in the season series, um, and they are both jockeying for the sixth seed right now. Um, so, if it comes down to the end of the season and we haven't won this. Um, season series we could be in the play and so it's important that at the very least i mean we get one but i kind of think we need to get both of them for us to be really safe over the celtics yeah i mean you really want that tiebreaker if nothing else like yeah i mean because a lot of these seeds like a lot of this drama that's coming down towards like the bottom of the standings that's most of that is tiebreakers who has the tiebreaker that team is probably going to end up in the higher seed so if you're already down you need, the Heat need both of these games. So those are definitely both must-watches. If the Heat drop the first game, <laughs> is the second game as much of a must-watch? Uh, yes, because then I... Th- I think if we lose both of them, we're back beneath the Celtics in the standings. Right now, we're up a game. So I think we could afford to drop one, at least right now, for the standings. Right. But the tiebreaker would be very tasty. Yeah. All right, uh, you also have the next game here. Oh, yeah, Knicks at Lakers. Also a bit of 
you know, obviously a bit of seeding stuff. The Knicks are kind of quietly close to dropping down to fifth. They're only half a game up on the Hawks. Um, and obviously the Lakers want every win they can get right now. Um, and I think obviously the Knicks want to keep that fourth spot. So yeah, um, interesting matchup with some implications there. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next game here is kind of similar, similar vein. Uh, Wizards at Hawks the next day on Thursday. Yeah, the Hawks, they're in a bit of a playoff race. The Wizards are in a bit of a playoff race. Obviously, these two teams very likely won't see each other at all in the playoffs unless somehow the Wizards end up in eighth and the Hawks end up winning their first round series and then also the Wizards win their first round series and then they're in a 4-8 matchup or a 5-8 matchup. Um, So they're probably not going to meet, but it's still, these are two teams that are really fighting for seeding. And yeah. Just an important game for both of them. Um, and then, yeah, I also have the next game here. We've got a lot of Heat games on here uh, because I'm looking at your next game as well. Uh, that's by accident. Yep. At least <laughs> at least for me, that's by accident. For you, it might be by design. But um, Sixers at Heat on Friday the 14th. Uh, just a big game for both teams, I think. Sixers really trying to lock up a first seed. The Heat trying to, you know, get out of the play-in or, like, stay out of the play-in. So yeah, big game there. Um, you're right, Ramiz. This is absolutely by design because this is a big week for the Heat. Um, <laughs> yeah, a uh, lot of big games. Uh, you know, Celtics twice, Sixers, Bucks, and then we finish our season with the Pistons. So a bit of a cool down there. But um, yeah, uh, my last game here is Heat at Bucks um, on Saturday. Um, obviously, the Bucks are trying to sort of... They're, they're in second right now. But I feel like they're trying to keep second, um, obviously. And, you know, the Heat are trying to move up as far as they can. So, yeah, b- big playoff implications. Yeah, for sure. So, big, big week for the Heat. Um, <laughs> I do wish I do wish I knew this before I picked that game because I probably wouldn't have. Um, but, you know what? Watch the Heat a lot this week. <laughs> do it. <laughs> they're worth watching. Um, also, the Sixers, the Sixers have kind of locked up first, I feel like. They're... They're three games ahead of both Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Right Wait, now. are they three games ahead? Whoa, I thought it was still like a game and a half. They're th- they're th- no, they're three games up because Brooklyn beat up on... Uh, sorry, Milwaukee beat up on Brooklyn twice this week. And then Brooklyn's also lost another two games throughout the week. They're on a four-game skid. And Milwaukee was a bit further back, but they've sort of kind of made up the difference. Another five-game win streak. There you go. Okay, well, I guess that game isn't as important. I'm going to go just quick i'm just gonna choose a random game here and i'm gonna go with uh 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 kings at grizzlies what's the most inconsequential game of the week kings at grizzlies <laughs> i think there's i think there's an orlando detroit game sometime this week so if you need if you need a rest from all the playoff action get some get some lottery action into you yeah Right, I was also potentially going to mention Pelicans at Warriors, but I think it's a little bit late for that one now, uh, especially as we get yeah. to our final segment here with Ready to Bury Them. So last week, I'm pretty sure we buried both the Raptors and the Bulls. Uh, according to you, we just buried the Raptors. It doesn't matter. We're burying everyone who is not currently in the top 10 because it's not changing now. Um, the Pelicans are about two and a half games back of the Spurs. And if Zion was still there, I wouldn't be quite ready to bury them just because the Spurs have a really tough schedule for the rest of the season. But 
you know, do we believe in the Pelicans to win three more games than the Spurs without Zion? Brandon Ingram hasn't really been playing either, I don't think. No Stephen Adams. No. The Pelicans are done, I think. I think that's fairly safe to assume, yeah. Um, but I don't know. If they play like they did today, they could sneak up. <laughs> that would yeah, be an I interesting mean, turnaround for the Pelicans to like end They've got season. winnable games. The Hornets, the Grizzlies, the Mavs, the Warriors, and then the Lakers. I mean, obviously some tough matchups in there, but they're winnable versus the Spurs, who have the Blazers, the Bucks, the Nets, the Knicks, and then the Suns twice. That is... Ooh. Okay. Like, I'm not 100% kind of ready to bury them, but they're two and a half oh, games we gotta back. Bury? They're two and a half games back. Could I'll, we... Uh, I'll take that risk. I think I am ready to bury them. Okay. I don't know if I am. I might bury Nate Bjorkren instead. Um, All right. Fair enough. But, <laughs> yeah. I it's def- The odds are definitely against them. Like, is is there not a playoff... Odds calculator right now, surely somewhere. I don't know what their odds oh, yeah, would be, but it would be probably less than. Yeah, it would probably be less than like five percent, right? All right, let's say if it's less than ten percent, we bury them. Right. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna find this real quick. Playoff prob- probabilities report: the New Orleans Pelicans have a one point seven percent chance of making the playoffs, according to Basketball Reference. Hmm. Tough. I, I think we bury them. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll bury the, the Pels here. Yeah. All right. Well, here lie the Pels. Zion, breakout season. Brandon Ingram played really well. Eric Bonzo might actually want to be there. And who knows what else. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That sums it up. Yep. <laughs> Alright, and with that, unless you had anything else you had to say. No, I think that's it. Alright, uh, if you ever enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating or review. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at StatSuffers. You can follow us on Instagram at Stat underscore Suffers. You can email us at StatSuffers5 at gmail.com. Look forward to a lot of content coming to you in the next few weeks, especially when the playoffs start up. But other than that, thank you for listening. Peace.